thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. And today we are going to break down the one, the only Isaac Okoro, the second year small forward shooting guard out of Auburn. And so you guys requested it. I had to break it down. I kind of knew I was going to go this route anyway, but uh, I'm glad that so many people wanted to discuss the uh, the rise of Okoro. And so before we get started, I just want to make mention of something. Not a lot of time has passed since many people wanted to ship Okoro out of town. And I get that there are various reasons for that. I get that there are, you know, obvious ways to do it. And I I certainly understand moving him if it means that the team gets better both in the short and in the long-term title aspirations of this team. And that's that's a phrase that you will probably hear me echo throughout the season many a time when we're talking about things like this. So for him, you know, I think that we are we live in this society now, and especially in sports, where everything has to be just like that it has to be quick. Everything has to develop so fast. We we have no attention spans anymore. And we just want things now, as opposed to having to wait for them to develop or, you know, come to us over time. It's just one of those things. I understand it. Like I said, sports is no different. But in the case of player development, some guys are late bloomers. And Isaac Coro, I, I would not quite throw the word late bloomer at him because the guy's not even old enough to buy a fucking drink. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and throw labels around in regards to him because he's still young as hell. But to want to, to to give up on a guy who certainly looks like a a two way player at this point in his career, or at least shows the semblance and the potential to become said type of player, is just it's asinine to me. No, you hold on to him because you just don't know what he's going to develop into. Of course, the players that are thrown around in rumors are are better than Agoro at this point in this stage. Uh, these stages of their careers. We know that Damian Lillard is obviously miles ahead of what Isaac Okoro is right now. We know that Terrence Ross can score the ball a hell of a lot better than Isaac Okoro. We know that, you know, acquiring the services of Karis LeVert would have some benefits, but for what those guys would cost you, the assets that you would have to ship out of town, losing a couple of rotation players, not only a Coro, it just would not be worth it. 
So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk some Isaac Okoro, shall we? And so on the season, through 22 games, Isaac Okoro is putting up averages of 8.9 points, four rebounds, 1.8 assists, shooting 42.6% from the field, 27.1% from three-point range, and 76.2% from the free throw line. So, you know, the thought process, you know, Isaac Okoro came to the season in a reserve role. And, you know, that was after it was determined that Lowry Markkinen was started at the three. And so in the four games that Okoro came off the bench, he got roughly the same amount of time that he would as a starter. And really the only real difference was the, the unit, you know, the players that he shared the floor with. He oftentimes seemed unsure of what to do on the court, on the offensive end. Just sometimes just really honestly just standing in the corner waiting to receive the ball or just generally getting out of the paint area to kind of clear things up for those guys. Um, then Okoro missed seven games due to a hamstring injury and returned following the very untimely injury to Colin Sexton. And so he again entered the starting unit, but this time as the team's starting shooting guard, a role that Isaac Okoro flourished in down the stretch, in my opinion, uh, to end the season last year. And it's, it's, it should be noted that in the final month of the 2020-2021 NBA season, Okoro averaged 16 and a half points. He, he grabbed 4.3 rebounds, dished out three assists, shot 30.2% from three-point range in, in nine games as both the team's starting shooting guard and in some games back at small forward. And although his three-point percentage wasn't great, he was still able to attempt uh, enough shots to warrant some defensive attention from range and was is obviously confident in doing so at that point in time. And you could really tell that he was beginning to look more and more comfortable with the ball in his hands as a secondary initiator uh, with Colin Sexton kind of functioning as the team's de facto point guard at the time due to Darius Garland, uh, Garland in his own right, missing some time down the stretch to end the season. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, you know, entering this season, the thought process was that Okoro would be moved to the second unit, not only because the front court pairing of Mobley and Allen needed spacing around them, uh, something that Lowry Markkinen to this point in his career uh, has been very good at. Uh, you know, last season, let's not forget, he shot upwards of 40.2% from three last year. And this, you know, not only because of that, but because it would serve as a way to get Okoro more opportunities to function as a facilitator and to have the ball in his hands. <laughs> and so what's what happened? Well, it's honestly quite simple. The addition of Ricky Rubio pretty much changed that moving forward. Uh, for much of last season, let's remember, uh, maybe all of last season, Cleveland didn't really have a true backup point guard. Dante Exum was often hurt and moved in the deal that brought Jared Allen and Torn Prince in and our beloved Matthew Del Vadova. Delhi, man, he was just often hurt. And uh, when he came back, he was never truly the same. Uh, I remember that concussion really, really had us worry that he would end up retiring due to that. And so uh, this season, there's a case to be made that Ricky Rubio has been perhaps Cleveland's best distributor. And I know that most people would probably say Darius Garland, and you wouldn't be wrong if you, you know, chose to go that route. But Rubio has been just as good. And like I said, there's a case to be made that he's possibly been better. So you're not going to not give Ricky Rubio the ball. You're going to have to put 
the ball in Rubio's hands. Uh, I mean, whether he's starting or whether he's coming off the bench, his impact has been phenomenal. So you're going to allow him to operate. Uh, that within itself puts a limit on just how much opportunities or just how many opportunities rather that a coral could get, especially before the Sexton injury. Uh, but now that Sexton is out of the lineup, the, the ball is starting to find its way back to Agoro. And the Cavs are definitely requiring more of them, especially from range. Uh, it should be noted that Agoro took a grand total of five three-point attempts, converting just one in the four games prior to exiting with his injury, his hamstring injury. And, and in his return, he's taken 65 more of those and converted 18 of them. Uh, yeah, you would obviously want him to begin knocking those down at a significantly higher rate. But at this point, honestly, I am just happy that he has the confidence to take them in the first place. Uh, the, the team, for the most part, teams, honestly, the opposition is still leaving him pretty open on on, on some of these attempts, really most of these attempts. And But I, I do tend to think that that percentage will eventually go up as he continues to take more of them. And even if he can just barely make the defense respect his ability to convert on those, it will help tremendously by further opening the paint for Josh to the basket by Cleveland's other guards. Uh, with that being said, I still believe that a is at his best in transition and as a cutter. And there honestly been numerous times this season that a has missed out on some pretty easy baskets because either he has either a reluctance to cut or just a plain unawareness of an open cutting lane. He's moved around well enough to free himself up for some of these. And just as long as he continues to, 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 to take them and to see them when they become available. And if he's able to do that, he might be able to up his points per game by, you know, a couple of points, 12 and a half to 13. Don't sound impossible to me. And if I'm being honest, I think he's able to do that by the end of the year. Uh, this is all without mentioning his impact defensively. Uh, Isaac Okoro has actually managed to improve on both ends, my dad. And uh, at least that's what his offensive and defensive ratings would suggest. Uh, while his offensive rating has gone up from uh, from 104.6 last year to 106.9 this year, he's actually managed to be even better on the defensive end, lowering his defensive rating by a considerable amount and currently sits with a 102.5 mark. He's shown the ability to play at a high level on that end, locking down the lights of Bradley Bill and others so far this season. And in my opinion, he carries all the traits of a true two-way player. And so with that being said, let's watch some of Isaac Okoro highlights. And while we do so, I want you to pay attention and I want you to see if you notice what I notice. And if you see any recurring elements. Okay, so right off the bat, you see that he doesn't lack the confidence to take these three-point shots anymore. You see the finish right there by Evan Mobley. Drive into the basket here. That's, if you've listened to me so far this episode, you see where I think that that is perhaps what he's best at doing and how he's best utilized is in the transition. And you see yet another transition layup right there. You have him cutting to the basket off a feed from a very well-defended Evan Mobley. Another transition play leading to an Okoro dunk here. And so if it hasn't already been crystal clear to you, Isaac Okoro thrives in transition. 
There's a three-point attempt right there that he drops. And so if you notice on a lot of these transition baskets, Azuka Koro is practically waiting for the defense to clean up and for an outlet pass to hit him in stride. And so you can often see him right outside the key right there, right outside the painted area, just waiting for that transition, uh, that transition pass and for him to be able to go out for either a layup, a dish to the perimeter or a dunk. And so right here you have a making the extra pass that leads to a jetty three beautiful basketball. You have a block right there that a coral takes full advantage of what the two on one opportunity leading to a layup opportunity for him. You have the defense not respecting at all his three-point shot-making capabilities. Another transition basket right there. You got a three-on-one. And so Okoro dunks the basketball. Beautiful to see. And so right here against the uh, Timberwolves, you have Okoro um, taking a direct drive to the basket, which many believe that he's best at. You had a three-point attempt right here that he converts. Just beautiful basketball. And so, again, another one of those transition opportunities in which Okoro's just right there waiting, right in the exact spot, right outside the key. It's almost as if he knows that the basketball is going to find him. He knows that the defense is going to make a way for him to be able to do so. So you got Okoro running the floor right here. Jetty with the pass, playing the two-on-one perfectly. Honestly, Okoro and Jetty, look like they have pretty good chemistry. Uh, a core right here for a cut to the basket where we, we, we loved him to, we love to see him be able to do that. <laughs> An awesome block. It's just continuing to highlight his abilities in transition. And so I'm not kidding. When I talk about this, I, I truly believe that he is at his best there. And if he's able to develop that three point shot, which is starting to fall with more and more consistency, this guy is going to be a very tough basketball player to stop. He's already just able to jump out of the gym, super athletic, able to get to spots in his own way, able to cut to the basket. Very smart player, just isn't able to actually make things happen. The three-point opportunities for this kid are going to continue to pile up as long as they're able to get him in proper position. As long as J.B. Bickerstaff is able to put him in the proper positions out there, I see no reason why he can't up his three-point percentage around 34, 35, maybe even 36 on the season. And so with that being said, here you got a, a basketball player on your hand that could definitely be a two-way talent. You see all of these highlights and the the biggest – common denominator here is transition and him being left wide open at the three-point line so he's got to be able to convert on these he's got to be able to find the open man if players are starting to respect his three-point range they're going to leave somebody else open and he's got to be able to cut to the basket and so for him if he's able to do these things there is no reason why i don't think Again, why he could not be able to up his points per game to around 12 and a half to 13 per game. And like I said before, I truly do believe that that is going to be the case. I think that's going to happen. And I think he is going to develop into a two-way player. Now, I made the comparison already in the past of Kawhi Leonard. He may not get there. He may not ever be that. But he's following the same types of trends. I mean, I don't know if a Jimmy Butler is it's a more accurate comparison, maybe a Paul George, somebody like that. 
but I certainly see it being a possibility with the way that he's trending. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode. As I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. And if you are not a subscriber, make sure to smash that like and subscribe button and have a good day.